Damn it. I mean, do you think we can do it? Do 20 minutes without the AC running? Can we do 20 minutes without the AC running? Do you want to do eight, 20 minutes without the AC running? We can if you want. Nah, I don't know. I'm sweaty, but I'm not. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sweaty Betty right now. That's what my Australian guy says. He goes, Time to get sweaty Betty. Is that the guy that you're watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Is he from Australia? Yeah. He's like, time to get sweaty betty. See, I know you're trying to get ripped like him, but you can't because you're not an Australian. I'm not Australian. Because you're not upside down. Do you think that's a trick? That's a trick. You got to work out upside down to Mm -hmm. get swole like that because all his muscles are being pushed up because of gravity. Mm -hmm. Well, sweaty betty. What's up? Hey, man. You ready? What you got? (laughs) You, you bought one. Oh, my God. (laughs) You actually bought one. <laughs> Isn't it cute? He feels like a beanie baby. I, I think he's freaking adorable. He's going to be on the set. <laughs> and he's going to be customized and everything. <laughs> customized? What, are you going to put sunglasses on him? I'm going to make him yeah, look like yeah, brother. a member of the TV crew. Yeah, brother. Are you going to give him like TV spray paint? There was King Dong. Face paint. There. <laughs> King Yodong. He's the child. King Yodong. <laughs> King Yodong. <laughs> What's his head feel like? It feels I like said a what child. it feels like, not what it smells like. You see how he's like a bean, though? Like yeah, that's nugget. what I'm saying. He's like a... <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 whoa. He's got whoa. no legs. <laughs> Lieutenant <laughs> Dan. Oh, that's kind of so, disappointing. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. we got a kid now. Yeah, and uh, he's gonna be with us. Sorry, Miles, you're number two. Miles, number two. Miles, if you're watching this in the future, you're number two. Um, what what is <laughs> gonna be like? Why is my dad caressing the doll? We need he caresses me. Yeah, we need a exactly. name. We need a whole attire for it. That's gonna be up to you guys. Oh, so oh. we're gonna, we're gonna um, build a bear with us. I'm building a bear. baby clothes. I'm already talking, making him look like a hot topic <laughs> kind of kid. You gotta make him go full goth, full emo. You know, maybe like the Joker or something. It's not gonna be E. Phoenix. It's gonna not be an E boy. It's gonna be an E baby. Maybe like slave lay or something like that. You're gonna slave lay a baby. That's 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 wrong. That is wrong wrong. on so many. Maybe make him like Freddy Krueger or something. I don't know. Can you take this off? Yeah, we'll find a way. So yeah, yeah. that's the new. Oh, it's a hood. (laughs) No, it's not a hood. No, no. I wish it was. It's cute though. That'd be it's funny like a little bomber out. jacket. See? I didn't want it either, but then I would convince myself that I did want it. Where'd you get this at? Well, you're about to find out. Oh, oh. oh is this not the cold opening? This is. Oh. Y'all ready? <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Alright, let's go. I'm not gonna butcher Swahili. Thank you. You know that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Hello and welcome to the Pick Your Brain podcast. You're not ready. I'm not ready. Let's try again. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the Pick Your Brain podcast from the demented minds of TLEV. I'm Thomas. I'm Mystery. Baby Yoda. Baby Baby Yoda. (laughs) It kind of even moves away. I. (laughs) The camera's so effed up in this frame. Why? What you do? It's you. I'm going to yeah, fix it right you. now. It's you. But 
Keep going. Keep talking. Okay. Well, we have a very exciting episode 14 of the Pick Your Brain podcast because we will be talking with Mr. John Mazzari. Uh, I was super excited. He's, a, of course, an amazing media composer. You've Absolutely. probably seen his well, work. And most famous for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, of course, we're going to be asking him lots of questions about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But we also just want to get to know him as a creator and as a, as a music composer. So we're going to be talking with him. But first... We have um, some, you know, uh, housekeeping to do, and that is updates regarding Orlando. Updates on everything. Updates regarding Conjuring 3. Oh, my God. And updates regarding Disney. Oh, Oh, Tenet. Yeah, we can talk about Tenet quickly. Oh, yeah, because I kind of want to talk about Tenet because Tenet is Warner Brothers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so what does that mean for the future of movies for this year? (laughs) It's not going to happen, Chief. I don't know anything about Tenet. Well, it seems like the actors don't know anything about Tenet either. I know that bullets go reversed in time. Exactly. How you know what I said in this conversation? Because we just had it five minutes ago. Tenet. <laughs> That's Tenet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you asked where I got that, Yeah, right? where the mm-hmm. hell did you get this thing? I may have made a visit to downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh my got, God! That's got corona. <laughs> no, it was corona. in a box. It was in a box. Well, the box was open to the people. Yo, he, <laughs> he just hit a leak with the box. <laughs> but yeah, downtown Disney. Which? How was that? Hopefully, How you guys can have that? seen that video. Um, mm-hmm. the video's up now. There's a video. I did film a video. I, are you sure about that, boy? Because this is going up. The, oh yeah, this is gonna be going up the same day. So uh, all right. Yeah. 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 Doesn't matter. Sorry. Two videos in one. Two day. minutes and two channels. Um. Uh. I'm I'm impressed. Uh, impressed. Sunday because I went late. You're impressed, huh? Barely anyone there. Hmm. Barely anyone there. I mean, there was people, but not like opening weekend people. You want to talk about impressed? Where were you when we went to Calico? Yeah, I wish I I wish I could have. I really did. I really did. Oh my! You missed out. You 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 missed out. The food was good. Yeah, yeah. The, the experience cake, was the good. Was the portion good. size is ridiculous. That, really? Disney could never. No, <laughs> I'm saying that right now. Disney could never. <laughs> That's true. I don't think their portions for food and wine are that as big as that. That yeah. was. Um, but no, no, keep going with downtown. Yeah, Disney. we'll talk about Calico. So literally three types of checks you do: thermometer, mm-hmm. social security, uh, basically social security. No, uh, checking your bag, which they do against like a big old. They actually check your bag. Okay, they cool. check your bag mm-hmm. still. Um, what do you mean? The thing what? is, like, the check of the bags are not, like, really deep. Not dive, but they've always never been deep. They like make that. you move the stuff, right? right? You move it. You slide it. Literally, you have to slide it at this table. But there's, like, a plastic wall. So, you, like, like a window thing. So, you can uh-huh. spit or when you're talking, basically. So, you have to, like. You're talking about plexiglass? Yeah, it's basically plexiglass. Okay. And then there's a dude who goes through it. And he's at the end of the table, so you have to oh, literally he actually slide goes it. Through oh, wow. your stuff. Okay. And he okay. goes through. He's like got the airport. Do they have the roller? Well, yeah, they have a stick. They have a stick. They go through with the stick. Hit a liquid. Um, then they got a hand sanitizing sanitation right there for you. Um, What's the last check? Right at the beginning. Uh, th- that you like. There's people making sure that you're. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. It's yeah. a mandatory sanitization. It's a mandatory mass. It's a mandatory sanitization when you're walking wow. in. Um, I'm cool. impressed by the. I'm impressed by the cast members. Mm-hmm. Uh, two people try to, like, they had their mask down to here. Mm-hmm. Boom. Right away. Sir. No. Get. Put it up. Fly, Put it up. Chief. It don't fly, Chief. Um, one con, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I'm used to how uh, CityWalk's doing it. Um, mm-hmm. CityWalk's got the arrows showing you which directions to go. Mm-hmm. All they got is, li- like, literally, mm-hmm. you got people going different directions. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, um, sometimes a, sometimes a cast member will tell you, like, you know, you got to go this way. Uh, Reg, um, you need a reserve to go to the World of Disney. Yeah, how'd that go? Oh, really? Hour and 45 minutes. You waited, you waited an, an hour, hour and 45, 45 minutes. Well, so we went to Pin Traders. You don't wait in the, you don't wait in the line. Like, is it like a reservation? No, it's a, it's a reservation. Oh, gotcha. It's like, oh, by the phone, you get a text message once you gotcha. can go you up to someone. Do you have to do the reservation there, or is it on online over, thing? Over there. So... Mm. Uh, we you go talk to a cast member say hey I want to make a reservation so I can enter World of Disney mm -hmm. um, he, and they ask for your name and phone number They're like mm -hmm. okay we'll send you a text once uh, you want to see the text yeah man yeah um, read and it to us on the they were on the dot literally an hour forty five yeah like you can read it and and read it in your most Mickey voice <laughs> thank you for visiting the World of Disney. We will notify you by text when a cast member is ready to assist you. Reply stop to stop messages from this location. Messages and data rates may apply. A downtown Disney cast member is available to assist you. Please check in at the World of Disney entrance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dear God, please, somebody let me loose. So there you go. The birds aren't real. And then you go up and then... You wait in this line that takes 10 minutes for you to get in. and So an hour and 50, you liar. <laughs> oh, so, okay. 55. Hit a lick with a box. Um, well, yeah, because then you have to, then they keep, there's like the six feet, like, keeping you. <laughs> All right, six this was feet. a bad idea to bring him in. This was a terrible idea. Anyways. Imagine yeah. if I have a kid. <laughs> I wonder if Miles is going to be that size. Probably not. He might be Probably a little be bigger. Baby Yoda's a chonky boy. Look at him. <laughs> Chunker. He's a little chonker. Chunker. He'll probably be a little taller. Uh, if he's got my ex mutant gene. Is he gonna have your have your, your head size? Is he be a big head like yeah, Baby Yoda? Yeah, right. yeah he's I'll gonna be on the set. Like, oh, okay. Anyways, um you know what's cool? I think Disney created this like little thing where they they check on their phone how many people are inside the world of Disney, and then mm -hmm. they notify the other cast member in the front, like, okay, now nice. you can send this many people in. I mean, Walmart you could do that, that with, a, yeah, you could do a walkie-talkie. <laughs> pretty cool, pretty cool. Oh, huh. they don't do walkie-talkies. Oh, yeah, this is Disney. They, mm -hmm. Now, the sad part. Oh, there was a sad part. You got corona. You, <laughs> I got <laughs> uh, You can go up to the gates of DCA and oh, Disney, yeah. like, Why really close. Where, where's your couple photos? You, I'm no, sure you took I'm not, a couple I, photos. I ain't doing that. I no. ain't doing the... No, because it's sad. <laughs> I did it with Why Universal. It Why is it sad? That's true. For you the right to go no. up to the entrance. That's cool. No, That's I just mean like got. it's it's sad that... I think we're learning a lot about your uh, your your uh, your preferences, let's say. What do you mean? Well, no, actually, you can't go you all like, the way up like to the front. You like to be teased, huh? You know where the gate is? Yeah, it's a big tease, basically. You like the the gate. You remember when we were waiting for Rise where they had the whole yeah. cover? Yeah, you can't actually... go to that gate. Oh. You, they still, like, string that's, like, all around. And there's, like, some security. Wow, those photos really don't show that, though. So, yeah. hey, great, great job on oh. those photos. Yeah, how did you? Google Pixel 3A. <laughs> <laughs> shout out. Quick shout out. Yeah. Great camera. Discontinued phone. So, shout out. Is it shout really out. a Yeah, yeah. They, discontinu yeah. they discontinued so the 3A and 3A XL. Really? Where is your God now? <laughs> Bro. Right here. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, I felt safer out there. Um, I recommend going afternoon. Like, we got there at 5. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, closes at 8. You know? That's really early. 
Now, what was crazy is I think if you go around seven, something like that, a lot of people do that because (laughs) when we were leaving, we saw the queue to go into the world of color, world of color, world of Disney. Disney. Um, it went all the way up to the 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 tram. Like it, it, like it would, yeah. That's not cash money. That wasn't cash money seeing that, but we didn't have that at all. Nice. So I think it's literally like you go there the afternoon. um, Don't go Saturday. Don't go Saturday. Don't go Saturday. Don't go Saturday. Um, They don't have – they sell us stuff quickly, but 65th stuff, there's a lot of shirts and and hats and all that. Pins, they're sold out, completely sold out. The pins are Gone. We checked Pin Trader and we checked Dis- uh, World of Disney. Sold out. Did you talk to anybody? Yeah, we talked to and people they and they're like, sold yeah, out. sold out. Oh, well, um, annual passes color. do work. Annual passes work to get yeah, stuff. So that's how you can find out if your pass is still valid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have a barcode for my pass. You don't have like the actual. No, it card? got it, it. Oh, my. my yeah, I do yeah, have my card. Yeah. 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 I guess I could do that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was my little trip. We'll see in two weeks if I get if I got the COVID. Yeah, we'll see. That's but yeah, we'll see. I think by with... you're with baby well, you're Yoda. holding Baby Yoda, who has the most of it. All of us. Ah, damn it. Anyway, speaking of COVID, HHN thirty. HHN. <laughs> it looks like it's happening. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, I... huh? So we the reason why we know that it's happening well, well the, the, we, our we statements are yeah. based off is as as of today the tribute store was set up and there were um higher execs from uh, Universal Orlando Resort who are going in um even some of the actors who have portrayed um Jack and Chance were able to go in and do some purchases really so there's stuff in there. There's stuff happening. Yeah. Now, what does that mean for the event actually happening in Florida? Probably happening. It's probably, it's probably so, happening. but, okay. Please talk about your two-week thing to those people who are planning on going to HHN. No, let them learn by themselves. Oh. If they want to go, let them learn by themselves. Oh. Is that a real thing? The two weeks? So... I know for specific for for states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, right. Pennsylvania, Mayflower. exactly all those states that were touched by the Mayflower, <laughs> um, they have a joint like the governors had a joint statement, a joint agreement, joint, a joint agreement. custody, joint custody of Baby Yoda. Yes. No, um, any tourists yeah. coming to their state. That is from a hotspot state. So are we a hotspot? We are hotspot here. Who are we providing Cali. to right now? Not <laughs> only because the sun hits more here, but yeah, we're not because spot. of the Wi-Fi. Every, or anything, everything, or the data. It, everything hit. Hey. Everything hit here. <laughs> so California is on that list. Yeah. Florida is on that list. So oh. when you go, so a hotspot to a hotspot. Eh? Yeah. So when you a go to those states, it comes a smoking spot. You have to st- self quarantine for two weeks. I know, baby. Yoda. Really? I know. I know. So what I, but I haven't read what you read when it comes specifically to Florida, where it sounds like you have to stay there for two weeks. I don't know. I didn't read anything like oh, that. Okay. I thought that's what you guys were saying was was it's it's two weeks you have to be out there. So like mm. people who are planning on going 
a weekend or uh-huh. something like that to just HHN 30, and that's it. Can they even do that? I, I, I honestly, it depends. Like, I think we have to wait until exactly. I think you the need, info yeah. comes out. If uh, you really yeah. are traveling to Halloween Horror Nights, yeah. Orlando, yes, and you're at, and you're from a different state, uh, do your research. Yeah, make sure you're prepared. Yeah. Um, this is definitely something that. Uh, props to those who are going back and forth between California and Florida. We see a lot of our fellow creators doing that. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, more, more power to them to be doing that. We are, cannot because there are so many things that we have here that we need to protect. Um, like baby Yoda yes. and baby Miles. And yes. so we will not be able to do that, but... For those who are doing that and for those who are planning on making trips out there, please make sure that you are doing your research and that you are staying in the know. So what does this mean for HHN Hollywood, though? Well, I mean... What have you seen... So so I said I would make a video about it, but honestly, it's just so disheartening to make a video about it. Yes. Um, We are noticing they are starting to take down the back lot maze facades disassemble if you will. disassembling i keep forgetting i have a camera yes, right yes you do here. you have your own camera hello camera mm-hmm. um basically they're dis- dis- disassembling the the, mm-hmm. the maze facades which i would think means they're disassembling the wood in of the maze framing and mm-hmm. stuff like that too yes, splinter by splinter. um and a lot of people i i, I saw they were telling you know so- socal exploring mentioned it and 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 I guess he, a lot of people are telling him, no, they're just trying to expand the facade or, or changing it up. By the look of it, that's not it. That that ain't it, Chief. Um, My f- nothing has moved at all for the facade. That's what people are saying. You know, mm. Oh, no, it, it, they're just moving it a little bit. Mm, My no. favorite rumor. What's My your favorite, favorite rumor? rumor is that they're taking out the Metropolitan sets. Mm. But don't worry, we're still gonna have the water world, and they're not touching those. They're only taking out the metropolitan. So, 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 so mummy and and and, and water world. Well, maybe there's something in the sound stages. And apparently, they're doing some construction around Forbidden Journey. Forbidden Journey. We're getting. We're finally gonna get the Harry Potter maze. <laughs> I, I I doubt Warner Brothers would ever let. Or J.K. Rowling. I mean, we saw they cleared out. It don't matter. She got canceled. They cleared she's, out J.W. She's in charge yeah. of that. She's in charge of that brand. It's sad. Yeah, they they they, they cleared struggle. out J.W.Q. a while ago, mm-hmm. but I don't think anything was added to it. So uh, it's safe to say, you know, until I see her face, I will not be a believer. Because as the song goes, and then I saw her face, now I'm a believer. So until we see John Murdy's face. Well, no, until we see HHN's face. H-H-N. Which is John Murdy's face. No. Until I get a commercial mm-hmm. and the coupons that they usually do at Burger King. Oh, I'm just talking. BK I'm just has my Whopper wrapped uh, with the HHN logo. <laughs> I'm just talking. Why would you dine with a clown when you could dine with a king? I'm just talking. I'm gonna see it on Twitter. <laughs> Good old HHN symbol saying, "Hey guys, it ain't happening, Chief." <laughs> HHN symbol? Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, on Twitter, yeah, 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 yeah. the profile. And with pic. that exciting news, let's head on over to 
our interview AJ for the Jim rest Brady. of this podcast where we talk with the fantastic media composer, John Nazar. Are we all ready? Yes. It's Let's, a- do Let's do it. it. So the next guest for our Pick Your Brain podcast needs no introduction. He is a media composer for film, television, video games, and of course we know him for his work in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. It is our very good friend, Mr. John Masari. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Hi guys, thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for coming. Thanks for coming. So, <laughs> of course, we love the your work with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We're actually we're listening uh, to some of your work uh, right as we were setting up right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this isn't our first time meeting either. This was we actually met at Halloween Horror Night. So I think we, we, the best place to start is how was your experience? We saw you at the very beginning of the night. How was the rest of the night at Halloween Horror Nights for you? Oh, my. how was Halloween Horror Nights for the opening of The Killer Clowns for Space Haunted House? Or what, it, what would you call it? House? What is it called? Haunted House? Yeah, so... so Attraction? Uh, how was it? it to, mm-hmm. to say that it was surreal would be an understatement. For, for I thought there, there was a reception after the red carpet. Everyone piled into a reception area where there was food and what have you. And I was hanging out with um, Grant Kramer and the Kyoto Brothers mm-hmm. and uh, John Murdy, who is the absolute visionary genius behind the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, at, at one point, I've, I found myself with John Murdy and uh, Leonard um, Phillips, who's the lead singer for the Dickies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we talked for like an hour. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, <laughs> you know, the, 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 there was this line for all the shuttles that were going to take you directly to what, whoever you were. It, depending on who you were, it would take you directly to that respective uh, attraction. Mm-hmm. So we basically almost missed it. You know, so oh. we got the, <laughs> we had the very, very last shuttle. We were supposed to go, uh, all of us, the Kyoto Brothers, the Dickies, and everyone, everyone, were supposed to go in all together with um, James and Chelsea, uh, uh, Deadbeat, Deadbeat James. Mm -hmm. And um, that didn't happen, because he was texting me, and I said, dude, I'm talking to John Murdy, and and, um, uh, 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 Leonard Phillips, the lead singer of the Dickies, and I, I just can't break it up. It's just too much. <laughs> so it was really it was, that was real. That itself was really awesome. And so we um, we went through the attraction, and I, I got to tell you, you know, when I originally worked on the movie, it, I felt like a like a, a little kid again because it was like I was working on a Saturday matinee movie the the ultimate Saturday matinee movie that I would go to every weekend or go watch as many times as I as I could if I was 9 years old you know it's like oh god let's all go see killer clowns again for the 12th time <laughs> right. and um so I felt like that again going through the whole thing and the way they constructed it in sequence with the movie and um uh, subsequent visits when I went uh, to meet uh, various people to have little meet and greets and just hang out. It was it's so interesting how they design, uh, you know, the, the warm up to the attraction. Like when you're waiting in line, mm-hmm. uh, they have uh, the music 
is building up from the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, in sequence, dramatic sequence of the movie. And then they had that reenactment of the farmer looking for his dog, you know, the whole thing going over and over again. And I got to tell you, those those scare actors, they're so that's the one thing about a professional when they can do something consistently good mm-hmm. all the time. Like, mm-hmm. like if you ever go to a baseball game and you see what are they doing? They're doing basic stuff, but they do it really well. And so that's what it was like. It was like, this guy was like, he was the farmer all the time. It wasn't like, Oh God, I got to do this again. It was like so consistent. I must've seen that introduction probably 50 times. uh, The various visits that I went, I would go like every other, every other week, uh, either a Friday or Saturday night and, and meet people and um, hand out little, um little goodies and stuff and at one point uh one of the uh administrators came up to me and i thought i was going to get busted you know? <laughs> <laughs> up the line or something like that and they said do you want us to get you a table or something and i go well, gosh that would be uh, you know uh and it's just and anytime you want to just like go right in with a group of people just just tell just go see so and so and they'll get you in and so I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So it was just really fun hanging out with people. Talk. We would talk about all kinds of stuff, you know, just or I would hear people, their their experiences with the movie or what they want to do, what their aspirations are. Some people want to get into the, you know, uh, they want to become filmmakers and what have you. And I would go with professional friends of mine that are, you know, direct commercials and things like that. And all of a sudden they're giving like a little seminar classes. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't need to go. You don't need to do this and do that. Here's the order of what here. You need basic items to uh, basic elements to make your visual um, dreams come alive. And so that I was really happy about uh, about that. And then at one point, um, we went to the, uh, oh gosh, it was like several weeks later. I just happened to be in the gift shop. I had to pick up some goodies for some people and mail it back to them, you know, in Europe. Because mm-hmm. they don't have any of that. They, they didn't, obviously, they're not going to get any of this. And something sold out online. So there was a guy that bought some killer clown thing. I don't know what it was, like a placemat or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, I could sign that for you. And he goes, oh, that'd be so cool. I was there for three hours signing stuff. Oh, and wow. so the oh, man wow. the store came over and says, we're sold out of Killer Clown's uh, inventory. <laughs> we have to thank for it. So it was a lot of fun. It was a ton of fun. I was so happy to... I, I tried to get something with the Kyoto Brothers, the Dickies, and the, the, um, the, uh, the cast... To do some to get to get together on one night and do something special, for some reason it, it just didn't work out. I think the Dickies they said if the Dickies can't be the if camp is how all or nothing can't be a few right. people. So right. the Dickies they were on tour or something uh, like that. Okay. You know, so um, uh, that was before the uh, Corona. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or else you, we, you know, now we're in. We're in the same part of town. Well, I mean, well, well we're in the same. You guys, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. You're in Torrance. Where are you guys? No, no, we're 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 in LA. We're in LA, probably. Yeah, yeah. okay. So mm-hmm. we could have we could physically be hanging out at your really cool place, smoking <laughs> <you know, laughs> cigars and stuff. But we have to do 
we're doing it this way for now. Yeah, definitely for next time we'll bring we'll bring out the cigars we'll make sure it's this whole place yeah, exactly. no you guys shouldn't be smoking cigars no, no, one, not. no, no one's no. old enough to smoke a cigar <laughs> you know who told me that who told a man you? who was 99 years old told me that while he was smoking a cigar he was not even, not even i'm not even old enough to smoke a cigar but what what if they were made out of cotton candy cocoons though that's well you know what they're then they're edible oh there we go <laughs> <Then they're> edible. <laughs> it'd be like aromatherapy right yeah oh, exactly okay. Okay. wow there. all right so we'll find some cotton we'll candy some incense there we cotton go candy cotton incense. candy lollipops and other sweets so definitely that this is uh i mean halloween horror nights was definitely the first thing we wanted to talk about but Absolutely. i think we need it i think we need to take it back because we really want to know what got you to that point so we yeah. do have a couple questions about go ahead beginning, so do you want me to go off yeah, first i'll go for off sir so um of course we did a little bit of research about you mr mazari um and i noticed that you worked on both tv shows and movies um so was there is there a big difference for making music for tv shows compared to making it for like a movie well, yeah, there is, because uh, depending on uh, if you're the if you are in um, the ground floor of the development of a television show, um, you basically at some point you're, you're called on because it's impossible for one person to compose all these episodes. Mm -hmm. So I was working for a Variety. Mm -hmm. um, other composers and they say well you hear what the show's like you have to do music like that for this uh, scene oh, wow. okay. so you're, like, you're constantly like okay let me do something like that you're not in other words you're not making you're, you're not establishing an original voice and right. in the 80s uh, like I kind of started in the early 80s there was a certain <laughs> TV shows had a certain sound and, and that's what right. everyone expected because it was a um uh, <clears throat> kind of like a cookie cutter, um, uh, cookie cutter approach. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you looked at all, if you looked at every television show, there's a certain sameness. I can't put my finger on. They're all different, right? You know? Right. Like if you watch an old TV show, like Barney Miller, is different than Kojak, you know. Right. Right. But they were all recorded at one of three or four big studios they were at the universal lot paramount uh 20th century fox there's a place that's no longer there a gorgeous huge studio uh, cbs radford studios it was giant um and a lot of a lot of great movies were there. i think i think jamie horner did one of his big movies there i forgot which one mm -hmm. but um that movie so not only is the music somewhat similar, they all had the same sound, you know, right. and and um, musicians, you tended to see the same kind of uh, some configuration of the same musicians at the various studios. You would, they would just be there, you know, okay. so um, <clears throat> being trying to be original mm -hmm. was very difficult. So when I got the opportunity to do this movie, I said, I can do something that is clearly different than everyone else and i call and you know at the time that was my subliminal thinking and i didn't really discover how uh, um cherished the movie is how, how how much people really love the movie until like five or six years ago 
I'm really, really new to this. I had no idea that the Kyoto Brothers and various people from the cast would do appearances and things like that because there was like a population. And I one day I was having coffee in the, in Santa Monica on the Third Street Promenade, and someone from the Kyoto Brothers organization says, "You want to come to the convention this weekend and sell stuff?" Wow. And I go, "What like car parts?" What do you mean? <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about. Uh -huh. So, so I discovered it was Monster Palooza, right? Uh, uh, Palooza, yeah. A long time ago, Monster Palooza was called something else. I want to say it was called uh, like Sci-Fi Con or something like that. It was something right. else. I and I can't put my finger on it, but I remember going to them in the mid '80s over there at uh, where they had uh, Monster Palooza and Son of Monster Palooza. So I went there and they had a table and it was the 25th anniversary of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I was there and there were people that that knew the music better than I did. And I said, <laughs> well, you know, I better I better take a second look at this because I, I realized, here's what's funny. I'm going to speak, I'm speaking to you on the level. When you get in this business, you're always looking for something that's going to cut you from the herd that people recognize. And I was thinking to myself, all this time I've been looking for something to distinguish myself from everyone else. And it's mm -hmm. it's been at my fingertips from the very beginning. There, there's a um, there's an old allegory where the, the farmer gives up farming because he wants to be a, a diamond. Uh, he wants to mine diamonds. So he travels the world. And uh, he gives up. He can't find diamonds, but he comes back home and, and he's plowing his field. And lo and behold, there it is. The diamonds were all, were there the whole time. Wow. And he just didn't know. If you just looked, you know, mm -hmm. if you look in your own backyard, sometimes you'll find uh, the great thing. So it was very fortuitous that I got that call. But it wasn't that I got the call. It wasn't that there was a bunch of people that were, that loved this little movie. It's... Um, I got to know the people that loved the movie. Right. And they were all just very sweet and genuine people. And I thought to myself, you know, I have, a, I have a responsibility to give them something, you know, other than what they already have. Because uh, there's, the, there's been the issue for the longest time of doing a, a sequel uh, to right. the movie, you know. And, um, and I could just tell you that the owners of the movie is... Metro Golden Mare, a publicly traded company, and if anyone is interested in inquiring about a sequel or requesting a sequel, you can go to their corporate website. They're a public <laughs> company, and they have a contact. And they're not going to. It, 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 don't be shy. Say, I love this little movie. When are we going to get another one? You know, it's up to you. It's up to the fans because it's the fans that have brought love to this movie right. from the beginning. You know. And we'll definitely put all that contact I mean, information. Yeah, you in you, the you heard it here, folks. Like, down let's, get, below. let's get Killer Clowns from Outer Space Two coming. You'll do your research, but yeah. it's like I, I don't I don't want to. I, I just hope it doesn't become like a thing like Star Trek, where they're like doing all these different dimensions of Star Trek, and it's like the mm -hmm. core value of Star Trek is getting kind of lost. Because mm -hmm. uh, I used to be a big fan of Star Trek, and I just have no interest in the new stuff because there's. You know, I don't know if it's me, but there's just nothing. There, there was a, there are certain elements that made the the original Star Trek work okay. that to me are lacking from this newest one, newest one. But who am I to say? Um, no, but but I, I think you're definitely... there was a charm that that Killer Clowns had 
that I still think we can maintain. Mm-hmm. And I think your your concerns about Star Trek are very much similar to many other fandoms. Right. Like in particular, we are huge Star Wars fans, right? Okay. Yes, and and we know that very much. Uh, what what was released the past five years has been very different, almost mm-hmm. like it's missing the magic of what was released right. back in 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 seventy seven, eighty, and eighty three. Right? Mm-hmm. Those were those were so different. But mm. uh, going back to to about you know the originality and and, I, and we we've we've heard that you've mentioned in, in the past that you were able to find your voice with killer clowns right that you were able to find your your identity with that how has that helped you with more recent projects well it has because um it's it's not easy it's not not every composer i mean there's a lot of composers that work in this town because there's a lot of music that has to be made uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and a lot of them work a lot. I'm I'm one of them. We're not all like uh, home of, you know, household names. It's not you know, uh, it takes quite a bit to get up to the level of like, uh, you know, Hans Zimmer or or um, John Williams or, uh, you know, all the all the you know Ennio Morricone. You know, takes a while. And you know, when you think about it, Ennio Morricone. When he was doing his uh, spaghetti westerns, um, I, you know, I'm sure when he first started, people loved the music. It was a big hit, but he wasn't he wasn't taken as seriously as like Maurice Jarre that did um, um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, for mm-hmm. instance, right? So, but he still had so much innovation and and heart in his music. And when you hear him describe, you know. Um, um, like uh, the good, and bad, and the ugly, the theme. You know, he says, I, "All I want to do is imitate a, a, a lone coyote calling out in, into the vastness of the desert to the other, to his, to his, uh, to other coyotes." You know, that's what he was just. You know, he had, you know, latched on to something. So, um, so what I'm, what I'm getting to is that there's a lot of composers. They work a lot, but what they don't have is a following. And a brand, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate that Killer Clowns is part of my brand. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, as you know, like for, uh, for instance, last year I did a western, and uh, they said, you know, ah, you know, you're the Killer Clowns guy. How can you do a western? I go, well, the Killer Clowns guy used to do Little House in the Prairie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like a western. Uh, you know, uh, but you have the fact that someone that did a cool original movie like killer clowns is now doing your your movie and then they go oh yeah and that was a lot of fun to do by the way that western and then when you when you think of it i mean look at uh in your when he did the spaghetti westerns which were like discount you know hollywood westerns but they still had a a, a very definitive charm and um artistic merit on their own they weren't taken as seriously right uh but Still, uh, Ennio Morricone just kept at it. You know, he never stopped. I mean, he was always doing his innovation on, in everything that he's done. And for those of you that I will speak to your audience that are not familiar, we lost a very incredible voice in the film composer, uh, in, in the film composition world. Ennio Morricone he was Italian film composer, and he's done. You've probably seen at least. If you've ever watched movies, you've seen at least three of his movies. That's how many movies he's done. He's insanely prolific in 
insanely talented. And the fact that uh, brother uh, Tarantino used him in his uh, last movie was just uh, was such a treat in uh, The Hateful Eight. Oh, um, so I definitely with, you know, Killer Clowns being this uh, just predominant part of now, like, you know, with your brand and everything like that. Do you try to incorporate a little bit of Killer Clowns and other media stuff that you work with? So, like, if you're composing something for, like, a video game, do you try to throw a little bit of Killer Clowns in there or? Well, Hezuo. How, how do you pronounce your name? Josue. Josue. Yeah. Not Jose, but Josue. Okay, yeah. let me write that down. Josue, because that is such a cool name. Josue. <laughs> okay. Why did you have to tell all my secrets? <laughs> Why did you do that? You promised. You promised you wouldn't say anything. Well, you know what? You know, everyone has a little signature thing that they do. Um, and I put it places that people don't readily, uh, know. For instance, in the movie, if you want to look at it, where the kids are driving up to, uh, they can't drive their car any further and they got to get out of the, they can't got to get out of the Jeep. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mike jumps on the hood and he's saying, uh, chief, whatever, chief running at the mouth and all that where they're, they're going to plan to make their little trek into the forest, right? Well, there's a little um, uh, kind of like a, a motif, a, a, a chord sequence that becomes the Killer Clowns theme, right? So the Killer Clowns theme, actually the Killer Clowns theme was written years and years before, but that little cadence when they jump up on the, when he jumps up on the hood is a particular type of cadence, right? <laughs> don't tell anyone because they don't real they don't realize it and i use it in variations obviously right. mm -hmm. right. but it's like i try to make variations of it mm -hmm. because like um there was something that james horner did that i i can't believe i would hear it and i just jamie why are you doing that again it's like um th there's a, a piece of prokofiev's um uh it's the um Ivan the Terrible, is it Ivan the Terrible? The, there's a classic, uh, classic, uh, one of the, either a silent film or the first sound pictures in the Soviet Union that okay. was that was composed by uh, um, uh, Sergei Prokofiev. And there's a battle on the ice. You know, it's about, it's about feudal Russia, you know, where, you know, they've got breastplates and armor and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain theme, there's a, a a thing there's a motif that happens that jamie did a variation of but it shows up everywhere basically like that you know what and it's his signature thing I, I can't blame him for that you can say oh that's got to be a jamie score or someone's copying the hell out of him you know <laughs> copying, the hell out of, copying the hell out of prokofiev and you know what they say it's uh, um art of, let me see what did they say uh uh, you know, geniuses steal their work. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I think 
you know, we, we, we like we like incorporate the same stuff like in our videos. Like the, we keep a core part of like oh, yeah. us, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. I think that's the exact same thing there, you know. Yeah. yeah. So in answer, uh, Jose, in answer to your question, yeah, yeah. You have to have something that like uh, is kind of like a marker, like a watermark, I guess. Right on. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So, so I got a, I got a question about... Um, when you were studying to become a composer, because I, I read a little bit that you were you studied under, um, you know, Jerry Fielding and, and Mark mm-hmm. Snow. And, and those are big musicians out there. I mean, they've worked on major films. Mm-hmm. You know, were there lessons that you just you took away from them that you, you know, that you keep to to this day? Yeah, well, both of them were very different. It's not like they were going to instruct me how to do something. Right. They basically mm. say, this is what I need done. Uh, I would recommend you do it like this. And uh, there's always a big turnaround. You know, like if you can't cut it, there's just someone else that, that will oh, pick, oh, up, pick it up. Uh, you yeah. up. So you have to really be on your toes. I'll say with Mark Snow, what fascinated me about Mark Snow, his process, um, and it's like, and I always, I always admire when someone raises the bar like when i went to when i was at ucla there was a kid well he's just a couple of years older than me his name was mike miller and um after he finished school he was like the music director for uh, a number of television shows he was just like really talented he was like a, a he, he worked with with um henry mancini for crying out loud oh my and he just like there's these guys that just raise the bar and you realize shoot sure. I, I got to figure out how to jump up and get that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so with Mark Snow, it's like I had a process with the way I composed, like a, like a certain steps that I would do to get it ready to put in front of musicians to play. And he like, he would, he actually had a, a piano with a desk on it that I kind of copied. I took the measurements or sort of with my eyes. I didn't take a picture of it because we didn't have camera phones back then. But I uh, I admired the way he put the full score mm-hmm. on the piano, and he was writing out on the full score, and he would check and double check. Okay, good. This goes to the copyist that the musicians would play. Whereas me, I have to come up with like a little um, a sheet of paper with ideas. Then those ideas get like spaced out. Then. I do a third one where it gets spaced out in detail. Then there's a fourth step where I put it in such a way on a large score where the musicians can play. He bypassed everything and just went boom to the score. It was so it's like I had to like take out a few redundancies, redundancies to get to where I wanted to go. And I, I worked on I worked with him for about maybe maybe about a year on and off, and then I went on with uh, to jury uh, fielding. And uh, Jerry Fielding was really tough. Uh, he was a t- just a tough guy. He was uh, he had he had been he had a really rough life um, dealing with politics in the in the 1950s, um, and so he was uh, he was really rough around, rough around the edges. But he had a heart of gold, and so he was very patient with me. Because uh, he, he says, you know, you've got you got a lot of potential. That's the only reason why I'm patient with you. Because <laughs> there were some, I would do stupid things, mm-hmm. you know. And so you, you know, I was lucky that uh, he just didn't totally ignore me. Because and and then I was mentored uh, to a degree by uh, Bill Conti, 
Um, if you don't know who Bill Conti is, if you know the movie Rocky with Sylvester Stallone, that was Bill Conti's score. He went on to do many things, including uh, The Right Stuff, and I believe he got an Academy Award for it. So I used to, I saw, I would see him maybe twice a year and talk to him on the phone twice a year. So between two phone calls and seeing him in person, and he we, we would just talk about the business. He goes, what are you doing? Are you, that's You're wasting your time doing that. You should do this instead. Um, very simple stuff. And his his story of how he got where he was was, was very inspiring. Uh, and you and what's great about these guys is they're very consistent. It doesn't it doesn't get bigger or smaller. It's a very it's a very specific set of steps to where they got. And it's not like they planned it. They they've kind of worked worked it into their their life, so to speak, and to get where they were. I mean, they had a goal. You have a very specific goal. But um, he uh, and you can see his story on YouTube. I think he there's several interviews where he talks about he lived in Italy for a number of years and he studied from um, some pretty big composers, Persichetti, and um, uh, which was actually Persichetti is, is an Italian composer that lives here. But then um, Luciano Berrio in Italy, which was he was, he was among serious classical music, Luciano Berrio is a big name. Mm -hmm. So um, he uh, came back to the States. He had he had his journey is very interesting. And so okay. I you know, I, you know, I thought, gosh, I don't have it so bad. <laughs> you know, I just got to learn to work with it. And we all have, um, one of the toughest things to come to come over is, uh, personal adversity. You may have, uh, people working against you mm -hmm. and those people working against you could be related to you. Right. And sometimes you don't know that because you can't see it until it's pointed out to you and you know you gotta figure out what's what's really important what's uh, what do i really value uh to get where i want to get but still have uh you know a, a decent uh, uh relationship with people you know right, right. and uh, you have to learn how to avoid um you know you're only as successful as the five people you hang around with and, I mean, if you hang around people that their idea uh, of doing something is just doing nothing, you'll end up doing nothing. You know, the, the old saying, you hang, you hang around with losers, you'll become a loser. Mm -hmm. So you have to uh, seek out people that are better than you uh, and admire what they do. And uh, you, you'd be surprised how ex expert people are, are willing to share their knowledge with you. You know, it's not like they'll give you a job. They may listen to something or watch something that you've done and maybe make very significant suggestions that would uh, certainly move you along. Next question. Um, definitely with, with all three of us here, we're, we're musicians. We, we've, mm. we've played for long parts of our lives. Music is a very big part of our lives. Um, but one of the things that recently we, we've struggled with is um, a lot of what our online presence, um, there comes copyright. If we use music that is uh, too similar or is, is um, uh, basically if we have music that is not 
our own created. So we've been working on composing music. So well, I, I definitely, that's smart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if we have the full rights, then then YouTube can't tell us anything. That's really yeah, that's absolutely. our goal. <laughs> and, and trust me, you'll get you know once you um, th there's a very simple process of getting it uh, copyright protected through either mm -hmm. ASCAP or BMI. You'll find out you get a few bucks every so often, All even right. off your own show. <laughs> yeah. So my my question is, uh, as someone with with your vast experience, um, and as us all three novices, what would be? Uh, and I know that you when you started after seeing you know Journey to the Center of the Earth as a, as a kid, and you went to the piano, um, is that something that you still do? Do you go to your to the piano and create something from there, sample it, and then bring it, uh, writing it out for for an orchestra sampling? Where where does your process begin? Uh, well, it, it it all happens between my ears, mm -hmm. you know. But I I do really appreciate the work of other composers. Um, I'll, I'll see a movie and uh, or hear something, and it will just uh, I will listen to it very closely. Uh, if I if I can get a recording of it or watch it again on. Uh, stream it again and listen to it closely I'll just like listen to it and mm. because if I try to like uh, I don't want to copy it but right. I but if I can if I get the concept of the structure down mm. of what they're doing oh wow those elements combined together are very interesting I mean I, I, I think I'll I, I think I'll steal that <laughs> but not the but not the notes you know what I'm saying right, right. So, for instance, um, there's another composer. He died. He was like 90. I don't think he even turned 40. And he did uh, Arrival. Uh, uh, Johansson. Uh, Johannes Johansson? Uh, he's, uh, he's from, uh, I don't think he's Swedish. But he passed away. He did, if, you, if you've seen the movie Arrival, that score was just so wonderful. And it was, it sounded like to me, they was using an instrument that I've been incorporating in my music. Uh, he, so there's this instrument that uh, uh, jo Jonas jo Johansson, I think is his name. I'm so sorry if I don't spell it, pronounce his name properly. But he's very, very talented. And um, he was using at least at least he sounded like this. It was an instrument that I was using, and I thought, wow, that's really great because he was doing different things with it. Like he was like cranking it through an amp or something like that. But the, but it was a very or very uh, acoustic score. Oh wow! Okay. You know, uh, very very acoustic. I mean, uh, yeah, and there's electronica in it also. But there was this there's things that he did, and I was just like, oh, I love that. I, that's brilliant. I would sit there and watch the that little section again. Uh, so yeah, I go through that process of listening to other music. Lately, lately during this um, uh, sequestering where we have to be inside, it doesn't matter to me because I'm always inside anyways. Um, <laughs> it's not like the world is different for me. But in any event, the um, I've been listening to Bruckner later lately and uh, Anton Bruckner. And in Anton Bruckner's music, I'm starting, I hear, wow, I'm hearing a little bit of Mahler. I'm hearing a, a little bit of Shostakovich. Uh, you know, there's certain things, certain uh, ways that Bruckner would develop his music and maybe have a, um, a, a segue 
or uh, into an into another uh, phrase that I could I see where that influence from other composers have after him that he's gotten from, and it's so amazing because there were some symphonies that Bruckner wrote that he never heard. He rehearsed maybe one or two movements, but he never they were never performed, mm -hmm. and uh, I feel like a lesser person would have quit. But what he did is he wrote three more symphonies. <laughs> oh my goodness! And they're part of the standard repertory. That, and when they're performed, and these symphonies, they're like some of them are an hour and twenty minutes long. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> and they're, you know, they're, there's just a, there's such a uh, an innovation uh, and a uh, there's a, a so I got to reacquaint myself with Bruckner, and so I actually this project I'm working on now, I I kind of like employed some of the of of the um, elements to, to make his music interesting into my music. So, yeah. So you're always doing that. You you always got to do that. And you, I'm sure filmmakers do that a lot. And uh, I just saw uh, once upon a, once upon a time in Hollywood, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because when you hear Quentin Tarantino talk about his movie, he's mm -hmm. talking about he's he says I want to bring alive the experiences I had mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And there's so many levels to that movie, like this, the radio stations people are listening to and, you know, driving and getting, you know, filling up, uh, of, you know, the people thumbing for rides and stuff like that. You don't see that anymore. When I was growing up, people thumbed for rides all the time. <laughs> it was just all the time. Oh, I can't, I'll just thumb a ride. I'll get someone to pick me up. Um, but, um, but, but he incorporates that, he takes that life experience and he like, shoehorns it into his films and and the fact that he like rewrites history to me is super amusing because i saw it with my kids and i mm -hmm. said you have to understand this is not the way it happened this is the way he wishes it would happen yeah, yeah. yeah. which is kind of cool because in real out real you fall in love with the mm -hmm. people who lost lost their lives more dearly than you know you actually get to know them better that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Watching a rewrite of a history yeah. where they don't get killed, and you know she's a sweet kid that mm -hmm. you know now she's alive, and the, the bad guys are dead. So, but I, wait a minute. In the movie, did did Charlie Manson run free? Well, he. They don't. No, he no. he just ends up. He's just. Well, because of, he's he's on a retreat when yeah. all this takes place. Because he sends his his right. children mm -hmm. to basically or yeah. children so with the. So, so th those three. So okay, so mm -hmm. the hell we don't know if how maybe there'll be a how um, a, a part two to that movie where he tries to get Helter Skelter going. So you see, so you see what I'm saying is that like. You know, every, you you got to find something that's near and dear to you. I got to tell you, I have. You know, you say you want to do your own music. There is a YouTuber that I have that uh, that I, I really admire. He does his own music. It's Steve uh, Steve nineteen eighty nine, and he reviews MREs, meals ready to eat. He's got his own style, man. This guy, he's he's got his own groove down. And uh -huh. his music, I love his music. I've always been commenting on his music that I appreciate his music because it's 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 raw, it's uninhibited. Mm -hmm. He's doing something that he likes to hear. 
Okay. He's not trying to be like someone else. Like mm-hmm. he's probably got a couple of synthesizers. He goes, "Oh, I like this sound. Because of this sound, I'm gonna write. This, I'm gonna play this kind of music." You know what I'm saying? It's it's like it's like primitive, and uh, and 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 wonderful. That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you, you probably know Decker Shadow, right? No, um, no, I don't know. Decker Shadow, he does. He's been. He's probably got. I don't know. He's got like a hundred thousand subscribers. He's in Texas, and he's got a friend of his. His name is Ichabod Crane, who okay. writes this weird dark. He writes the kind of metal music I would write if I could only write metal music. <laughs> it's just so great, and every time it's it's just like really good. I mean, it, it, you know, it needs a little. Uh, maybe it can use a little polish on the production. But I just really appreciate it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so my hats off to you guys that you're going to do your own music because all I could say is this: you don't have to worry about anything. You could just do what you want. Oh, exactly. I mean, I and that's think, it. Yeah. And whether people like it or hate it, you're still yeah. winners. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Because, still ours. because <laughs> you're not going to take it down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, be, let me, let me, uh, let me. Uh, Give you a forewarning. Um, yeah. I get tagged for my own music. That when I use my own music, what? I get tagged. It says you're uh, you're, um, you're we're monetizing your video for the benefit of the copyright holder, and uh, I, I go okay, and I'm the copyright holder. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't get hundreds of thousands of views, but but I'm the one that they'll pay like one tenth of a penny to. Yeah. Right. Over the number of plays that it gets. So you guys are going to be in good company doing your own music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's because, you know, we're, we're starting to look more and more into doing more than just like filming the amusement parks mm-hmm. and going to these events. You know, we mm-hmm. were thinking of making like short films and, mm-hmm. and that's always been something that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think doing the own music for that is the way to go, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. Um, so I got a I got a question. You can do, you can do at your appearances. You can play. Yeah, That's, absolutely, ah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we're 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 in charge of the music. No one can tell us. No, no not one to can play. say anything. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so a quick question about Killer Clowns. I mean, it, it's honestly so so we we would love to hear the story of 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 how you got to the position you did, and and also if you want to connect it to how Killer Clowns became such a fan favorite is such a a cult not even a cult following anymore Mm -hmm. as we're seeing it at more in advance true you know more merchandise being made you Mm -hmm. know behind me i've got all the new funko pops with me i mean Mm -hmm. you know so so i would love to to just hear how you you know how it started basically (laughs) killer clowns to you and then you know what it is now (laughs) yes exactly yep there There we go (laughs) yep ow cut it out Oh. I told you not to do that. Gosh. I'm on, huh? I'm on your side, dude. Or no, <laughs> maybe a little girl. We don't know. Oh. Shorty had to say hi. Yeah, she's young. She or he is the youngest of clowns. I don't know. She's a tiny clown. We don't know. It could be an adolescent girl or an adolescent boy. Oh. But don't well, mess with Shorty. Anyway. Okay. We couldn't have predicted... You know, it's not like say, oh, you know what, this will, you know, and I think 30 years, this will be a cult classic. People will be making, 
yeah, exactly. name it, they'll be making something with the killer clown's uh, image on it. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that. We didn't know that at all. We, we, uh, be quite frank with you, um, most people in the business thought it was a, d- a dumb movie. Uh, right, when sure. I came back to deliver the the masters, the uh, back then we recorded everything on two two inch mm-hmm. tape, and, mm-hmm. and the the. I had a I had a digital master of the master, which is really cool. But I delivered everything, and I was um, in the uh, uh, the music uh, director bought me down a, a dolly, and I put I piled everything in the all the you know onto all the masters onto the dolly, and I went into an elevator, and it was like there were guys coming back from lunch. And there were guys from the legal and accounting department. And they go, what, what, what's, what's that? Oh, that's one of your latest products, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh man, throw that in the garbage can. That thing, that thing's, oh, the, that the forecast for that movie is like oh. zero. No, it's like, and I just said, it's not your movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. Apparently, it's not for you. Yes. And uh, so they just, you know, had their hands in their pockets, and, you know, said, oh, what the hell? Um, and and there, there were so many, like, misses. Today, this could not happen because people would be there with their, you know, with social media. The word would have gotten out fast. Oh, God, you got to see this crazy movie. It's only going to be in the movie theater for a week. Well, it was in the movie theater for a week. Uh, Chuck Serino, who did the... Um, the sound effects and sound design. He had a friend at the LA at LA Times, and I had a friend at the LA Weekly, which okay. was a, a which is a pretty big uh, deal. Mm-hmm. His name was Jonathan Gold. Unfortunately, he's passed away, but he was the movie and restaurant uh, reviewer for LA. And uh, and I just called him. And I, frankly, I didn't know that he was reviewing. I just called all my friends and said, "Hey, I have a movie in the movie theaters. Go see it, right?" I went through my I went through my address book mm-hmm. and called just about everyone that would take my call. So uh, they both did. They both gave the movie really nice reviews, and the reviews were released uh, published on the day that it was taken out of the theater. Oh, so, I think it was only for one week. They were in the theater. So people came to the movie theater. Where is it? Oh, it's probably in Seattle now. You know, it's not here. They have a, the, that, those days they had a, a fixed number of prints that uh-huh. would travel around the country. So maybe, maybe it was showing in, um, you know, LA and Chicago and in San Diego. And then it would be showing in Atlanta, uh, you know, and uh, Miami, uh, that sort of thing. So, um, but we could have never guessed it. And the music director, his name is Bob Hunk, is a very sweet man. He, he later was the, one of the music directors at uh, Sony Pictures. He said, you know what? When this thing hits cable, people are going to discover it and they're going to fall in love with it. And that's exactly what happened. When it went into um, the video stores, people used to rent it and, you know, make get pizza and macaroni and cheese and just have fun with it because it was just a it's just a fun goofy movie you know and that's 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 you know it knows the movie knows what it is it's not trying to be something else and yes. that you know f- from perspective of music the music had to be kind of serious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
to play up the, the music was like the straight man you know to <laughs> i love that oh, I love so and i knew that from the minute i said it uh, saw it, i says well the only way i can do this movie is if i do it uh full full-on legit isn't shorty cute absolutely okay i have something for you and uh, you gotta promise that you're not gonna cry you guys can handle this right uh-huh. Right. No, no promises. <laughs> well, back in May, we uh-huh. were supposed to have, we we I I had uh, uh, contacted Funko, and we were supposed to have a, a really fun fan event at Funko Hollywood. Oh. I said not to cry. Holding <laughs> <laughs> it back. Holding oh. it back. That would have been something. For yeah. Sure. Oh. yeah. I tried to get them to do so. Um, I, can I do a plug? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Um, August 1st is International Clown Day or National Clown Day? I we will, we'll look National it up. Clown. I'm going to say National. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, we're having a streaming get-together, and everyone's invited. Um, uh, uh, it's going to be myself, the Kyoto Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a moderator. Um Grant Kramer, Suzanne Snyder, uh, I th- and a few other people. I think maybe some of the people that played the clowns, maybe oh the stunt, God, maybe, maybe the stunt guy. I don't know. The someone else is coordinating it. It's not me. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, my friend, my buddy Chuck's Chuck Serino that did the sound effects and dialogue, who's also a really good filmmaker. He had a TV series called, gosh. Chuck Serino travels or something like that. Anyways, he he's a big uh, Burning Man guy, and so oh, okay. he and, and he's a documentary filmmaker in in addition to being a composer. So um, so anyway, so the all the three Kyoto brothers are going to be there, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to celebrate International Clown Day. All right, <laughs> in a killer way. That's awesome. In a That's awesome. way. We'll be there with our pizza and mac and cheese. Right? Yes. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Does Jose have another question, or is he leaving? No, no. I, I, I'd like to, you know, know. You know, I, I can only assume that with now being, you know, Killer Clowns being as even mm-hmm. bigger than it, as it is now. It started. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you have like any super weird stuff that fans have given you, or just like, oh, or have you, you know, seen? Yeah. Is, is there something weird that they've given you that you're just like? Cool, man. <laughs> oh, world. you mean cool and not like, hmm, I have to call the authorities. <laughs> I mean, well, whichever, you know, whichever you, you, you would like. Whatever, you whichever want to take is more. Luckily, everyone, I think everyone that loves this film has is, is, uh, got a, a, a wonderful personality profile. So I haven't gotten anything weird. But okay. here's what's fascinating. And I get pictures sent to me all the time. People get the most drop dead awesome ink yes. on the oh, yeah. I mean I mean there's there's a guy I think his name is Tattoo Joe uh, that he he's he's basically painting up a girl in um inking up a girl in um uh Florida I think her 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 Instagram name is pineapple grenade okay and she has some very awesome artwork very true to the film i mean you know when you look at it you go 
my goodness, it's it's like it has got so much dimension and depth, you know, that they do with this guy that does her her the, her um, her body art is incredible. But that's only one. I mean, there's several yeah. people that have. I've been trying to get the ink community together in uh -huh. some way um, to do something. I just can't figure out what yet. As a matter of fact, when I did my concert two years ago, I was telling the PR girl, I go, listen, there is the tattoo community. There's mm -hmm. the drag community that loves this movie. Mm -hmm. I think we can work with them on this one. You know, and for some reason we we just basically just touched the tip the iceberg. We could have uh there could have been far more expanded. I mean, we as it was, we had a sellout event, which was mm -hmm. really cool. Uh, I would have been, and people ask me, oh my goodness, let me tell you something. I, I learned so many things. I learned that in um, LA, people tend to buy their tickets three weeks before the event. Okay. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like Elton John, you know. That's but, yeah. <laughs> something that people are interested, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll, I'll, I'll someone will text me or, or, or I'll, I'll, <laughs> a reminder, a reminder will come up and I'll buy. And, so we sold out, which is really cool. And but there were people that were flying in. Are you? You're not going to cancel the concert because I'm I'm seeing that there's only 380 seats sold out of a thousand. I go listen. Uh, if if you're the only person that comes, you're going to get one heck of a show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't cancel the orchestra and I can't cancel the theater. Mm -hmm. uh, those are paid for. So um, I don't know if you've ever a, a good movie that people should see it's got a great lesson um is zorba the greek and at the end of zorba the greek he he has this vision of opening up this mine on a little village uh, on a little island and the village that's where the mine is located it's going to just benefit from you know jobs and everything but anyways on its opening day it completely falls apart oh. and uh the, the man that put it together his name is zorba Mm -hmm. uh he just uh you know they were they, they were like i don't know they were preparing some food he sits down makes himself a plate of food and mm -hmm. he tells his friend he goes wasn't it wasn't it just a beautiful disaster <laughs> and i i could i never understood it until i was older because mm -hmm. had he not done it it would have been more of a disaster than if he had than if he'd done it and failed mm -hmm. he says well at least i did it you know and and I, I told some of the people that were friends of mine, they were from, you know, back east and up north and all over the place. I told them, listen, if you're here and you're the only people in the, to me, that's a success because at least we're going to perform it. And the orchestra will play just like if it was a full house. Well, we did have a full house. Yeah, and absolutely. Was, and the musicians still talk about it. They go, when are we going to do that again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're and we're working on that by the way oh that's I great do, yes. yeah. yeah we've got some big we got some really cool concepts that uh, it's this is what's great about um collaborating with people mm -hmm. is that sometimes people come up with crazy ideas that are just crazy enough to work mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we have seen that yes, yes. Yep, yep yep exactly all right, Mr. Mazar, we just hit the one-hour mark, so do you have anything to plug in? Where can people find you on social media? Well, on social media, you can Google me, and you'll get Instagram, you'll get Facebook, you'll get Twitter. 
Um, Instagram is is basically uh, 99% killer clowns from outer space. Everything <laughs> else is, is uh, I, on Facebook, I have the uh, killer clowns from outer space universe. And there's the Killer Clowns from Outer Space soundtrack. Those are both on Facebook. And uh, Twitter is just me, just John Masari. You know, I, I don't have a... Uh, that's the persona that's on, on Twitter. And if you want any goodies, uh, they are... We have a... Uh, they are available on uh, eBay. All right, yeah. Under Wosat Man. W-O-S-A-T-M-A-N. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Mazar. Yeah. And make sure to join all of us August 1st for the live stream celebrating International Clowns Day. Well, we will definitely be watching Mr. Mazari and the Kyoto Brothers and everybody uh, to hear and watch along with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So thank you all so much for watching. If you like this, make sure to hit that like button and make sure also to follow our, all of our social media in the description down below. And always remember, horror fans, do it best. Stay safe out there. Thank you guys for having me.